Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Um, hello, everybody. This is Paradox Podcast, and I'm Josh. And I'm Jimmy. The Dell match play was this past week, so we're going to do our best golf announcer impressions. Oh, just lipped out of the cup. Lipped out of the cup. That's the first thing that came to your brain. And let's go to John on the 18th green. John, what are you seeing out there? A lot of very bored people, Jim. <laughs> what do you see? No, apparently it's a lot of drunk people. <laughs> drunk, bored people. Just give away free drinks, apparently, at golf tournaments. Anywho, this is Paradox Podcast, and I'm Josh, and Jimbo is just across the glass. I am. The non-existent glass, and uh, we're here to talk about... What are you doing? Hmm? Oh, my God. I'm not doing anything. Every Mm -mm. time a song. Mm -mm. No, I don't have a song. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think about what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know, but if I had lunch, I would want a little uh, salt and pepper. This is the longest intro. Oh, see, so you're talking about to all the this. time, guys, and the bad things that may be. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about see, sex. I think it's sad. Let's talk about sex, baby. But the only reason I bring it up. Man, those 90s MTV mm. music videos of Salt and Pepper. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm. Crossroads. See oh. you at the crossroads that you won't be lonely. Oh. Today we're talking about sex. Actually, we're talking about how to talk about sex with your children. Baby. Not with your baby. It would be inappropriate. <laughs> I don't but, know. <laughs> so today we're talking about how do we talk about sex to our kids And when I think sex, I think the name Phil Massey. I went to grade school with Phil Massey. He was uh, lived next door to me. Did you just say when you think about sex, you think about Phil Massey? Mm -hmm. And so we were walking home one day. You don't think there's an issue with that? Nope. One of the biggest problems. When I think about sex, Mm -hmm. I think of my wife, except if my father-in-law is listening, I don't even think about her. Exactly. Just a blank thing comes in my head. I don't know why I knew what the F word was in the fourth grade. I don't know why I did, but I did. Heathen, that's why. And so we were walking home, and Phil Massey said, hey, you know, people F to have babies. And again, I knew what that was, and I just went, well, that's so gross. That's, that's gross. That's so not true. And he goes, yeah, that's, that's the truth. I said, absolutely not. When people love each other, the proof that they love each other is that a baby comes out. Who doesn't know that? And he goes, no, people have to have babies. I said, oh, that's just disgusting. So I walk in the back door of my house. fourth grade or four years old? Fourth grade. Okay. Fourth grade. And so I walk in the back door. I've known some four-year-olds to drop the (laughs) F-bomb. And mom was cleaning the kitchen, and my sister was at the table, high schooler, doing homework. And I walked in, and I said, mom, do people have to have babies? (laughs) And And describe your mom a second. Like, she would have been... Taken aback to well, say the it least. Well, it was the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Mom. Mm-hmm. 
And so my sister Vicky, she fell in the floor on the linoleum and was just <laughs> screaming, crying, laughing so hard. And mom said, oh, Jim, come with me. What did she call you? Did she call you Jim? Yeah, Jimmy, Jim. Dad called me Jimbo. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And did no one ever called you James? Nope. Well, when I got in trouble. James Kyle, get yourself over here. But I, to make a long story really even longer, I forced the issue of having to talk about sex in, in my upbringing. And that typifies probably 98% of all Christian homes, even today, that it, it is the subject, it's, it's the subject that must not be named. We don't say anything about it. We play like it's not there. We can, our kids can, our smaller children can be in the room while people are being shot, blown up, thrown off cliffs. I mean, just the news. Into volcanoes. But if someone does a slightly steamy scene, we throw ourselves bodily in front of our children. We, we, we have created this taboo around sexuality with our kids to the point, and we've talked about this before, we do not even call penises and vaginas, penises and vaginas. Uh, Billy, is, can you bleep those out? Don't, don't touch your boo-boo. Touch your hee-haw. Surely that's not what y'all <laughs> used. Oh. No, we used our doodle. Yes, and this plagues me to this day, this story. <laughs> I did not so realize I this. I called my penis a doodle growing up. <laughs> I didn't know that, but Sarah and Lindsay called their vaginas doodles. Yep. And... Dad used to end most nights <laughs> with a story that he would tell us kids about the Doodle family. The Doodle family. I didn't know. So now the imagery is just. <laughs> so you had Sarah Doodle and Josh Joshua Doodle and, and little Lindsay Doodle. Little Lindsay Doodle. Yeah, I didn't know. But <laughs> so I'm saying, well, all I'm saying is we've done a really, really good job of of creating this mysterious taboo about sex. And we avoid it like the bubonic plague until one of our children is caught looking at porn, whatever, and then we are forced then to have the discussion. Here's the problem. By making sex into such a restricted, tantalizing taboo, we are setting our children up on a platter to the porn industry who are going to answer all those questions, are going to let them get a glimpse behind the, the closed bedroom door. And it's, it's like we're creating the perfect storm. Well, they learn about that sex is not between married people, that sex is all about what you and your gratification, yes. you desire and your gratification. Preach it, brother. You know, the dehumanification, mm-hmm. that totally... Dehumanizing, yeah, same thing. Came out right, mm-hmm. of women... That's what they learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're not teaching them modeling, so behaviorally yeah. and verbally, teaching them about sex. If we leave it to the porn industry to teach our children about sex, and let's just say, since the vast majority are boys, teaching our boys about sex, again, to your point, that that women only exist for the sexual pleasure of men. It's called the dehumanification. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> when they get married... These young girls don't have a snowball's chance in Hades because no. they're never going to live up to all the f- the lies. Well, and the guy's not going to be interested. Very quickly, 
it's it's been a while that you know we would see people in their 40s or 50s that could not maintain an erection because they would have to think about pornography because they'd seen so much it had set in their mind what was erotic and sensual to the degree that without thinking about that they can't perform they would have erectile dysfunction and then you started to see it in the in people in their 30s and it was just a couple of years ago that I saw two in one summer, two 20-year-old college students who could not perform with college co-eds, which is you know, kind of what pornography is, without they'd seen so much pornographic content that without thinking of that, they couldn't have sex with their girlfriends. And then just last year, a 15-year-old couldn't. A 15-year-old had seen so many pornographic images. Not that a 15-year-old should be having sex, but he couldn't without concentrating on, a porn- on pornographic images. So if we don't teach the children well, then the porn industry will, and we're seeing now the results of that. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. So, what are the solutions? Well, not only are they taught unhealthy inaccurate things, but also when we're not purposely having conversations with them, then their curiosity just goes wild. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the curiosity, when it's peaked, and then access to potential pornography, I mean, the, it, the, the result of that is just devastating. And just a, one really quick note about objectification of women. Dehumanification. Yeah, that. I had a 16-year-old, and you know, of course that is that, you know, pornography, the woman is not a, is not real. You know, none of this is real. You know, this she just exists, this whole medium exists just for my own selfish sexual gratification. And so this 16-year-old wanted to show me a picture of his girlfriend, and he took out his iPhone and he he showed me, he goes, dude, check it out. He said, that's what I F every weekend. Now, he didn't say that's who. He said that's what. He could have been the poster child for the objectification of women. That 16-year-old young man no more saw that young lady as a human being than a man on the moon. By not addressing this early in our homes, we are leaving our children 
we're letting the porn industry and culture fill in all the gaps that we're choosing not to fill in ourselves. So you ask 10 different professionals, you might get 10 different answers because it's, it's not a concrete age where you should start talking to your kids about sex. That said, the average age of first exposure is 10. Which if I did my math porn use, yeah. Correct. Which if I did my math correctly is right around the fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So it's gotta be before that. Yep. But obviously, probably, right? You're a two-year-old, you don't want to sit down and tell them and explain because it's gonna go the objectification of women. Dehumanification Mm -hmm. of women. Mm But you, it's going to go right over my son's head if I sit down and talk to him about a penis and a vagina and Correct. insert it into the vagina and all these things. And by the way, we should probably have a parental advisory on this episode. But so that right? So probably two, threes too young to verbalize it. But fifth grade is probably too late. To kind of give you a little bit more guidance than that, though, I would sit down and have a purposeful conversation right around that third grade time frame where you're actually third, fourth grade, where you're actually explaining to them the process. Before that, though, and you're going to want to use, obviously, sensitive terms and in their language, they should have already heard penis and vagina and know what that is. Just like they know what a knee and a heel and an elbow is. But before that, it absolutely needs to be being communicated, but behaviorally. They need to see you guys loving on each other. They need to see you kissing, and they need to see you hugging, and they need to see you flirting. Like, they need to see you guys attracted to each other so that they know that that's normal within marriage. So often, I mean, and to your point about that, yes, there needs to be a talk, but there also needs to be early and often just a normalizing of sexuality, that it it has a place in God's design for the family and God's design for marriage. We don't play like it's not there. I still just love, I I love Julie Lyle's car. And if you hadn't gotten her book, Raising an Original, we interviewed her last year, last year? Is it last year? I think first season. Oh, we need to do it again then. But she's just fantastic. I love it because her and Mike, uh, how they handled sex in their home. Now, granted, they have eight children, so I'm not saying they were successful. Uh, in how they handled sex in their home. Their kids just all knew. They had something along the lines of a a sign that they put on their door at the bedroom saying, if the bed's rocking, don't come knocking, or something like that. And all the kids would, oh, I can't believe it, and oh, I can't, of all the times to be doing. But it was normalized. Those kids knew they had sex, and our kids need to know at a certain age that we have sex, and that it's good, it's great, I adore your, I, I want to have sex with your mom as much as possible because about, because if we have the opportunity to teach them what God tells us about sex, and you can't get through Song of Solomon thinking, well, it's just about having babies, because it's not. And for our kids to know that, and so they know what sex is, they know God's plan, we get to teach them that. We get to have that discussion, not some friend of theirs in with fifth grade in fifth showing grade, them the video. Yeah, on their iPhone. They know what this is and they know why it is and why it's important for a man and a woman, a husband and a wife to have this and how why it's exclusive to marriage. The more we have this, not necessarily a conversation as much as just an ongoing conversation. Yes, it needs to be ongoing, but I really do strongly encourage you right to have one. Third yes, and fourth. To have a I mean, it needs one. to start. Yep being massaged into y'all's conversations. And it needs to be an ongoing, 
Not this special retreat where you do it once. Yeah. And to Josh's point, dads, your specifically, your sons need to see you pursue their mother. Your sons need to see that their mother is sexually attractive to their dad. Because if we leave sexual attraction out, they don't see anything but a peck on the cheek. I don't ever remember my parents kissing other than a goodbye and maybe a, a peck on the cheek. There was, there, was no effect, there was no affection at all, and which was just kind of standard procedure. They were both in the greatest generation and all that. But we're left for our, for our young boys to go, oh, sexually attractive? Oh, that's scantily clad girls on television. Oh, that's what society and media tells us is sexually attractive. And so again, we are, with our inactivity, we are handing that over to culture to teach our kids. Our sons need to know, no, your mother is hot. And you know why she's hot? Not that she's some supermodel who's 20 years old, having so much plastic surgery done. It's not that. She bore my children. We've shared a life together. I can't imagine anyone hotter than her. And our sons need to see that. So we've got to get over this and make sure that we're modeling godly sexual attraction. It's not wrong or inappropriate. I mean, I think God wants us to celebrate this and to celebrate the sexual attraction that comes through marriage. Well, you're not going to be able to belabor the point because they will stop listening after you go on and on about their mother being attractive. Mid-elementary needs to be where it starts to be verbalized. Before that, it's really modeled behaviorally, and then it's just a continued dialogue. And it is obviously continue modeling as well, but it is a, you need to celebrate, talk about biblical sex. And normalizing it, and don't wait for your fourth grader to walk in and confront you while you're doing dishes. Yes, about someone saying the F word, and also showing them nowadays, showing it in fourth grade. (laughs) They wouldn't just be saying that. Yeah, true. So you're all uncomfortable right now. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, we said penis, vagina. Mm-hmm. We said F. Followed what, by the word word. What did we what did we else did we say today? It was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable saying it. Yeah. So sorry about that. If you'd like more information about this episode, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also check us out on all of our socials at that same website. We'll also have links to all of our other episodes. We now have to stop talking because it's opening day of baseball and we need to go oh, watch the Rangers. Sorry, game. gots to go. Take care. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. It's more about present focused. What's What are you doing in life that's not working for you right now? setting specific goals like hey you know what uh i yell at my kids every single day and i yell at everybody when i'm angry and it's i've been fired from four jobs say i'm an adult and that's what's happening so we're going to talk about and teach you skills on how to decrease that yelling